Hi, this is Pete McCall, and welcome to this episode of the All About Fitness Podcast. This episode is going to be a quick fit tip where I'm going to talk a little bit about fitness equipment, specifically the types of fitness equipment you should be using, and some things to know about the proper use of fitness equipment. Uh, before I get started, I want to let you in a little bit just to kind of what's going on here at All About Fitness. Uh, first, I want to say a huge thank you to Kathy and Ravi from a company called Inspire360. That is a uh, learning management platform, a learning management software platform. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I shared that I'm going to be putting content up online, and I've done some work with them, uh, working with a couple of clients to uh, develop uh, online education using their platform. And they reached out to me, and I'm going to be partnering with them to bring uh, you guys content that you can use. What I've decided to do with All About Fitness is I'm really, when I started this, I wanted to make it consumer-facing, specifically fitness consumers my age range. I'm 47. I'm right in the heart of Gen X. I wanted my, this podcast is for you. If you're above the age of 35, and if you're any age, and you're listening to All About Fitness, what I'm trying to do is put out the information that you can use to, number one, use exercise to enhance your quality of life, and number two, to slow down the aging process. There is a lot of evidence about how exercise, and especially high-intensity exercise, can really slow down aging. And that's what I'm trying to do, is, is just bring that information to you so you can use it. You know, for, I don't care, you know, depending on what your goals are, you, know, you may have different goals, but the, the bottom line is exercise can, help, can really help you live longer and help you get the most out of life. My tagline is fitness is having the ability to do what you want when you want to do it. In other words, being fit gives you the freedom to get out and enjoy life. And that's what I'm trying to do. What I've decided to do is rather than go after sponsors, rather than try to you know get advertising, is I want to be a listener-supported podcast. And I'm not going to go with Patreon. What I am going to do is you know, I'm putting together the final touches on a number of workouts. I'm going to be selling content. If you listen all about fitness, if you like what you're hearing, if you're learning a lot, I'm going to start selling workouts that you can use. And these aren't going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to be selling bro workouts. I'm not going to be selling chest and buys, you know, back and calves or whatever. You know, I'm not going to be selling bodybuilding workouts. I'm not going to be doing weight loss challenges. You know, I'm not. You know, I mean, if, you're, if weight loss is important to you because you need to be healthy, well, that, that's one thing. But let's face it, you know, when you get above a certain age, when you get above 35, 40, 45 years old, fitness is really just about quality of life. So the programs I'm going to be putting out are just going to be that. They're going to be programs to focus on strength, to focus on power, to focus on mobility. Basically, it's a lot of the stuff I write about in my book, Smarter Workouts. But what I'm going to be doing, you know, with Smarter Workouts I wrote, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but the science of Smarter Workouts is going to be inherent in all the programs I'm going to sell. So the programs are going to be available online. I'm working on them now. I should have them up by the end of February, early March. I'm recording this right now at the end of January 2020. So by uh, the end of, end of February, early March, I'll start to have my first programs up that, that you can purchase. And if you like All About Fitness and you want to support the podcast, by all means. You know, I'm not going to charge an arm and a leg. I'm looking at charging a little bit more than what you might pay for a fitness magazine at a newsstand or two fitness magazines. You know, If you're like me, whenever you fly, I always buy two or three magazines at the newsstand. That costs somewhere between $12 and $20. So that's what I'm looking to do. The other thing I'm going to be doing is taking a lot of the content I've, I've developed over the years and putting them into ebooks. And it's going to be my first ebook is has been edited. I'm getting it to, to lay out right now. The second ebook is in process of being developed. But again, this is going to be information that you can use to enhance your quality of life. And it's going to be you know the stuff that I've talked a lot about in the show. If you really like what you're listening to and you like what you're learning on all about fitness, it's an opportunity for you to you know learn a little bit more, to go a little bit more in depth. 
And again, these aren't going to be extensive ebooks. They're not textbooks. And I'm not going to be charging an arm and leg for them. But I'm going to be putting them out just so you can get more information. So that's what's going on with All About Fitness. I really, I want to make this podcast about you, about the listeners. I want to make it about being able to help you just, just as I mentioned, you know, enhance your quality of life. That's what I'm going to do. So Ravi and, and Kathy, thank you very much for reaching out. I really appreciate that. I am really, I'm, I'm pleased with the partnership. I'm really stoked and looking forward to it. Now let's get on to, to this episode. This episode, I want to talk a little bit about fitness equipment. You know, and, and this is, I kind of giggle a little bit because that was what gave me the idea for my book, Smarter Workouts. It started off as a series of blogs I wrote for the American Council on Exercise that I called One Weight Workouts. How to use a set of dumbbells to get a workout. How to use a cable machine to get a workout. How to use a stability ball to get a workout. And it was, you know, those blogs were popular and I thought it was a good idea. So what I did with all with Smarter Workouts was I go through and, and I organize workouts into metabolic conditioning, mobility training and strength training. And each one, you learn how to use just one piece of equipment. You can do a full metabolic conditioning workout using a stability ball. You can do a core strength workout using just your body weight. And I wanted, what I wanted to do was to give readers and give, and give consumers, you, uh, knowledge of what to do. Because a lot of times when I go to gyms and, and I go to health clubs, I'm a member of a couple different big box health clubs. I, I actually do a lot of writing for 24-Hour Fitness. I, I write on their, uh, their team for 24Life. 24 24-Hour Fitness has uh, an online magazine. And if you're interested in seeing any of that, I'm going to link down below. Um, I'm going to put that link down below in the show notes if you want to read any of the content that I've written for 24Life. But you know what I like about 24-Hour Fitness is they have a variety of equipment. And the great thing is a lot of it doesn't get used or a lot of it doesn't get used properly. You, know, you can go into some of these clubs on a busy time period and, man, you got people waiting in line for certain things. You got people waiting in line for benches, for equipment. But if you know how to use a medicine ball, if you know how to use a set of dumbbells, if you know how to use a stability ball, if you know how to use a cable machine, you can get a great workout with one piece of equipment. And it's really important to understand that because a lot of times I see people in the gym, they're waiting around. They might be waiting for a piece of equipment or you know, it might be busy. You might have three or four people using the same piece. And yeah, okay, that's great. But why not have the knowledge so you don't need to wait? And it really is. I think a lot of consumers out there, a lot of people out there, and, and I'm a fitness professional. I've been, I've been a trainer, a coach for, for almost a little bit more than 20 years now. Oh, shoot, 20, 22 years now. <laughs> wow, I've been a trainer and coach for a long time. So I, I sometimes don't think about this, but, but I realize that a lot of people out there just may not know how to use the equipment. And, that, and that's why I wrote Smarter Workouts. I'm going to have a link down to, below in the show notes. But when you look at the equipment, though, you want to be able to use the different types of equipment and you want to be able to use them safely. One thing I want to say right off the bat is, is do not hack equipment. It, do not hack strength equipment. All you got to do is go to YouTube, type in gym fails, and you'll see what happens to people if they don't use the equipment properly, if they use the equipment in a way it's not intended or not designed to be used. Now, I, I do a lot of consulting with different equipment companies. I work with a company called TerraCore. I do consulting with Nautilus and Stairmaster. They're my primary client right now as, as a consultant. I'm the lead master trainer for Nautilus, which means I write the education and help teach the workouts on their strength equipment. So it's really, really, really important that you use any strength equipment properly. And I say that because I see a lot of people using equipment in ways that was not intended to be used. And that puts you at serious risk of injury. People might think, oh, I might, yeah, that, that's not really. But again, watch gym fail videos and people can get really, really hurt if you don't use equipment properly. 
if you go to the health club, if you're working out at a facility, if you have any questions about, God, what do I, what do, I do with this? Geez, how do I use this piece of equipment? Ask a staff member or just don't use the equipment. You, you know, we only have one body that has to last us a long time. And I would hate to see anybody get hurt trying to do something on a piece of equipment that's not designed to do that. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm putting this information out there. Now, what I'm going to do right now is, is I want you to, you know, I'm going to talk about some cool, innovative equipment. You know, I, one of the things I've done uh, with the American Council on Exercise is a number of years ago, I did a series of uh, videos on YouTube, and I'm going to link to one of the most popular ones I did with Randy Hetrick. Randy created uh, the TRX. And what I did in this series of videos, I kind of did it like diners, drive-ins, and dives, where I met with the equipment inventor. I met with the inventor of the equipment. And I had them put me through a little workout and had them talk about what, what motivated them, what caused them, you know, what, was, you know, what caused them to, to invent the equipment. And I'm the, 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 like the story with Randy Hetrick, Randy was in the military. He was a Navy SEAL, and he needed a way to stay in shape when he was operating in very difficult environments. And, and you know, the way he says it is he was, he was operating somewhere where a six-foot-three white guy stands out. And so he needed a way to stay in shape indoors. And, and that's the genesis of the, of the TRX. And so you'll see that in the video. But I'm fascinated by, you know, by how equipment gets made. And the other thing is what makes a good piece of equipment? You know, what, what, makes, like, what, what makes something like the TRX very popular? What makes the building balls very popular? And to be quite honest, when I first saw a kettlebell, I think it was 2002 or 2003, when I first, first, when kettlebells were first starting to be introduced to the consumer, you know, not to the consumer, but to the fitness professional market. And I thought they were really cool. But if you had told me in 2003 that, that by 2010, 2011, you could buy kettlebells in Target or Walmart, I would have thought you were insane. Because in 2003, there was only one distributor in the United States that was selling kettlebells, the one that I knew of, and, and you had to really look for that. You know, so if I, if you told me that you know in a few years kettlebells would be one of the most popular pieces of equipment in the gym, I would have thought you're silly. Same thing with heavy ropes. You know, a guy named uh, John Brumfield, yeah, John Brumfield, I believe, Bloomfield, Brumfield, John, John Bloomfield, maybe. God, John, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I've had conversations with him, but it's been a few years. He came up with the concept of battling ropes, and that was his trademark name was battling ropes, and that was using heavy ropes to get an upper body cardio workout. Again, who would have thought of using a heavy rope? And now that's almost a standard piece of equipment in most gyms. Same with tires, with sleds. So it's always interesting to me how equipment gets made. You know, one of the most popular pieces of equipment now is, is Nautilus created it. You know, I got to, be, got to be a little bit involved in the design process, and that's the glute drive. The glute drive takes the hip thrust exercise, and the hip thrust is where you lay on the ground, you put a barbell on your hips, and you, and you drive up. And a guy, a physical therapist by the name of Pete Holman, came up with a way to do it on a bench, and it's a little bit safer for your back, and save the hips. Now, Pete Holman also created something called the TRX Rip Trainer, and he, or called the Rip Trainer that he sold to TRX, and it's now marketed under TRX. So Pete is an inventor, and I, and I interviewed Pete a number of episodes back, and I'll see if I can link that below in the show notes, just so you can hear that, because Pete's a, you know, he's a great guy and a tremendous physical therapist who's created some really cool equipment. You know, when I see this stuff, like when you see equipment like Peloton, Peloton is just a stationary indoor bike, but what makes it sizzle is the user interface and how it interacts with people at home. I'm always, I'm always curious as to why do some pieces of equipment become extremely popular while other pieces are kind of left relegated in the corners of the gym. One of the blogs I wrote a number of years ago for the American Council on Exercise 
And I'm going to read that. Again, this is the second episode I've done this. Uh, last episode, um, I kind of, I'm borrowing from Peter King. Peter King's a football writer, and he does a podcast where he'll write, he'll read his column or read his blog to kind of to get you to to give people a little bit of insight. So what I'm going to do, look down below in the show notes because I'm going to have a link to the interview I do with Randy Hetrick about how he invented the TRX. I'm going to link back to my interview with Pete Holman from a number of episodes ago. Pete created the TRX Rip Trainer. He created the Glute Drive, which is now licensed and manufactured by Nautilus. And you know, I just want you to understand there's a process for creating equipment. And it has to be, it has to be vetted, it has to be studied, it has to be researched, and it has to be, you know, be safe. And a lot of stuff, what you'll what you'll hear on the show is stuff that's legitimate backed by science. I get emails almost every week for people trying to get me, you know, to advertise certain pieces of equipment or to have them on the show for this kind of hokey thing or that hokey thing. And that's why I decided I don't want to take advertiser dollars. I don't. I want to keep this clean. I want to put the best information out there that you can use, and I don't want to be tainted by equipment companies. That, that's kind of the, the reasoning behind this. But right now, I'm going to read a blog to you that I wrote a couple years ago, and again, I'm going to link to it below in the show notes. The equipment you're misusing or not using. If you belong to a health club, you know how frustrating it can be when you've sat in traffic to get to the gym for your workout, only to find it so crowded that you can't access your favorite equipment. The machine or bench you wanted to use already has someone sweating on it, so you look around to see if you can spot one of those pieces of equipment that seem to get overlooked by most gym goers. Just about every facility, there are forgotten toys, pieces of equipment that are frequently available that can help you reach your goals, but you're just not sure how to use them. Here's a list of equipment that is often overlooked or misused by the typical health club consumer, but they can still get you a great workout. First is the upper body ergometer. Most health clubs have at least one of these machines tucked away somewhere in the cardio area. It looks like a set of bicycle cranks on a stand that you use with your arms instead of your legs. Using only arms for aerobic exercise can improve mitochondrial density in the involved muscles. I'm going to pause for a second because this is true. Scientifically, you can do a ton of cardio for your legs. You can go running, you can go cycling, do indoor cycling, and your legs are going to develop mitochondrial density. And mitochondria are the little organelles in the type 1 muscle fibers that help convert fat and oxygen into energy. But if you're not doing any type of specific aerobic training or specific energy system development for your upper body muscles, like boxing or heavy rope training or using upper body ergometer, those muscles don't experience the same adaptations. So if you want to improve your overall aerobic capacity, doing some type of upper body cardio work, again, like an ergometer or boxing, is essential for for healthy. So let's go back to the blog which is important. So using arms for aerobic exercise can improve mitochondrial density in the involved muscles, which is important for cellular health while also helping expend energy for weight loss. The next time your favorite cardio piece is occupied, spend five minutes on your upper body ergometer and you'll get your heart rate up in no time. And that's no joke. The rowing machine. Indoor rowing machines have become more popular in recent years, but it's still one of the most overlooked pieces of a fitness equipment. Despite the fact that it's a time efficient way to perform total body cardiovascular training. One of the cool benefits of this machine is that you can measure your workout in either watts, which is power, calories, which is energy, distance in meters, or time. So that gives you a variety of options for measuring your performance. Tracking how many meters you can row or how many calories you expend in a specific period of time gives you direct feedback for monitoring your progress. To receive the greatest benefits from the rowing machine, proper form is essential. So don't hesitate to ask a member of the fitness staff for guidance on how to use this machine correctly. If you go to my if you go to my Instagram page, Pete McCall underscore fitness, 
That's Pete McCall underscore fitness on Instagram. I have pictures up there about what I do with the rowing machine. Say I do a Tabata interval, and a Tabata interval is 20 seconds of hard work, 10 seconds of recovery for four minutes total. What I'll do at the end of a Tabata interval is take a picture of the distance I've rowed on the rowing machine in that four minutes. It might be 900 meters, it might be 1,100 meters, whatever it is, but I now know how much to challenge myself the next time I do a Tabata interval. Because Tabata intervals are going to be the same, four minutes. So if I want to challenge myself to work harder, I look back on my phone, I look at the picture and say, okay, how long did it take for me to row that? Okay, I got to beat that time. So if you use a piece of equipment that measures distance in meters or miles, and you have to keep in mind the United States is one of only three countries not on the metric system, so get used to using meters. Most other people do. But if you take a dis- if you do a picture of the distance that you traveled in a certain amount of time, you can use that to gauge your process, to your progress. Medicine balls, back to the blog, medicine balls. The medicine ball is one of the most underused or misused pieces of equipment in the gym. The traditional approach to working out is to do one movement or exercise per body part at a time. While this approach works well for people training for a bodybuilding contest, it is not an effective use of time for the average person. It's just not. One benefit of using a medicine ball is that it allows you to perform a wide variety of multiplanar movements with resistance, which is essential for developing strength and a number of muscles at the same time. The medicine ball is also extremely portable and requires only a minimal amount of space. Learning how to use it properly can provide you with options for when the gym is crowded or if you want to catch a quick workout at home. And if you want to learn how to use a medicine ball, pick up a copy of Smarter Workouts. Boom, there's my plug. Next, next piece of equipment is a cable machine. Most health clubs have cable machines with pulleys that can be adjusted to a variety of different heights. Unfortunately, and this is true, unfortunately they are primarily used for only three exercises. Tricep pushdowns, chest flies, and kneeling crunches. And we, got, we can add biceps in there, so maybe four exercises. Cable machines allow you to train your entire body from a standing position. This challenges different muscles to work together at the same time, which maximizes your training efficiency. Cable exercises such as two-hand presses, chops, which would go high to low or low to high, single-arm presses, single-arm row to single-leg balance, or single-leg Romanian deadlift are a great way to get a total body workout using a single piece of equipment. And this is no joke. Just today, my core workout was using a cable machine where I was doing standing presses, I was doing chops, and I was doing single-leg deadlifts. If you, go to my, if you go to my YouTube channel or go to the All About Fitness podcast, I now have an All About Fitness podcast YouTube channel. You can see a variety of exercises that, that I do on the cable machines so you can learn how to use that equipment more efficiently when, when other equipment might not be available. Next piece of equipment, step mill or the rotating staircase. Most commercial gyms have at least one step mill in their cardio area. It looks like a rotating staircase. The workout is equivalent to attempting to run up and run up a down an escalator going down, which is extremely effective for elevating the heart rate. Here's a fitness industry insider. Here's a fitness industry insider tidbit. These machines are so effective that many personal trainers use them for their own workouts, especially if they're trying to do the most amount of work in the shortest amount of time. And folks, that's no joke. Everywhere I go, every truck country I travel to, every health club I go to, you can there's always at least one trainer or one instructor working out on a step mill. Stairmaster, the company made them popular. Other people have tried to, you know, have tried to copy them, but you know, always look for the original. Stairmaster was the one that were the ones that created it. But going upstairs is a great workout. And if you have knee issues, walking upstairs is easier on the knees than walking down. You don't need to run up the stairs to get a great workout. Walk upstairs on a step mill for five minutes, and your heart rate will be up, and your leg muscles will be doing a lot of work. Next piece of equipment: stability ball. These oversized playground balls have been in gyms for a while, but are generally used for little more than crunches. 
The stability ball, however, allows you to train your body in multiple directions and from different angles. This variety is essential for developing strength between different muscles, which can help create the appearance of a leaner physique. Rather than limiting yourself to crunches, consider doing exercises like knee tucks, pikes, Russian twists, or hamstring curls on the stability ball. Again, I have a stability ball workout on the All About Fitness Podcast YouTube channel, so go there, check it out, get a few ideas on what to do your next time you're in the gym. Jump boxes. Jump boxes are designed for plyometric jumps, but are also great for step-ups and split-leg squats. Boxes provide a more stable jumping surface than a step or a pile of plates stacked on one another, both of which tend to top all over. That's true. Just watch a gym fail video and people try to jump up on plates and, yeah, good things don't happen. Jump boxes enable you to focus on exploding off the ground and landing on a higher surface, which minimizes the gravity, impact of gravity on the body. The proper and safest way to do, jump bo- to do jumps on a box is to jump up and then step down. Now I'm going to pause here again. I see a lot of people jumping up to a box and jumping down backwards. That is extremely dangerous. If you jump down backwards and you misstep or misfire and you fall back, the first two things you're going to hit are going to be your butt and the back of your head. People have cracked their skull open by, by jumping down backwards and miss, you know, miss land, missing the landing, and they go toppling backwards and smack their head. And most gym floors are a little bit of rubber matting, about a half inch of rubber matting with concrete underneath. Not a good combination. Jumping down backwards off a box is unsafe and simply unnecessary. This is back to the blog now. If you want extra explosion in your jump, do a little pre-jump to land on the floor in front of the box. As your feet hit the ground, explode up to the top of the box and then step back down. Complete four to six repetitions. And again, when you're doing jumps, you don't need to do more than four or six repetitions in a row. After six reps of jumps, your body's going to be fatigued, the tissue's going to be fatigued, and your risk of injury just increases significantly. So I've seen people do like 20 jumps in a row, 30 jumps in a row. That just is not necessary. The tissue is, is elastic, but it has limitations. Doing too many jumps in a row is a great way to blow an Achilles tendon. Kid you not on that one. And then, uh, so if you want extra explode, as your feet hit the ground, explode up. Okay. When doing step ups or split leg squats, use a box that is approximately knee height. You can also step to the front or sides of the box or cross one leg in front of the other. Next piece of equipment, kettlebells. Kettlebells have been used in commercial fitness facilities for more than a century, but are often misused by the average fitness enthusiast. Because they use many muscles and challenge different parts of the body to work together to create coordinated movement patterns, kettlebell exercises like the swing and Turkish get-up provide a number of benefits that other equipment simply don't offer. The good news is that many fitness facilities now have kettlebells available on the gym floor, so if your favorite weight bench or squat cage is in use, simply pick up a bell and get to work. The challenge to using kettlebells is taking the time to learn proper form and technique. So investing sessions with a qualified personal trainer is essential before attempting to use it on your own. Now, I did a a video for ACE, the American Council on Exercise, on how to do a kettlebell swing. If you want some guidance on that, go to YouTube, type in ACE, A-C-E Fitness, kettlebell swing, and you'll get that video. Your own body. (laughs) This is not a joke. You already have everything you need for a great workout. Knowing how to position your body so different joints and muscles are properly engaged in activity gives you the ability to do an entire workout with just a little bit of space. When it comes to cardio training, one thing that I've told clients is for years is that rather than spending 30 to 40 minutes on one machine, pick three or four machines and spend 10 to 15 minutes on each. This can help reduce boredom and will keep you working hard because different machines challenge the body in different ways. So the next time you make the effort to go to your gym only to find that your favorite equipment is already being used, don't be discouraged. Instead, look around, see which one of the pieces just discussed might be sitting all alone. 
I'll bet you'll see the upper body ergometer, the rowing machine, and rotating staircase sitting alone just begging to be used. If you commit 10 to 12 minutes on each piece, <laughs> you'll be sweating before you know it. And yes, you will. If you want to not use any the next thing is just a little pitch. I wrote this for American Council on Exercise, and I link below to, to how to find an ACE certified trainer. But honestly, if you want to see how a lot of this equipment is used, like I said, I've been posting videos on the All About Fitness YouTube channel. I'm going to have a link down to that below in the show notes. I'm going to have a link back to my interview with Randy Hetrick, where he goes through how he invented the piece of how he invented the TRX. And I'm going to link back to, uh, to my interview with Pete Holman, where he talks about the novice glute drive and he talks about the process of how he created the rip trainer, which he eventually sold to, to TRX as well. I'm trying to give you information about how this stuff is created because I find it fascinating. I don't know about you, but I find it fascinating. You know, how does somebody create a piece of equipment and what makes that equipment popular? So with that, thanks for dropping by. And as always, I look forward to having you join me for future episodes of All About Fitness.